When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. The No Nonstop Vikings Talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. You have made it to the most fan-friendly, interactive show in all of Minnesota sports. This is Vikings Ventline. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, our executive producer, Declan Goff. Purple Daily is a show where we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. And uh, starting 2-1 and one is going to make it easier to do that than starting 1-2. and two. Here's how it works. We will give our take on what happened in this roller coaster of emotions ride for three hours. Uh, a Vikings victory over the Lions. We'll give our take first. Judd's at the stadium. And then we will turn the show over to you guys. If you want to get on, send a request to vikingsventline at gmail.com. We'll try to get in as many people as possible. Within about 90 minutes or so, please keep it clean. Don't swear. Don't do anything that would get us potentially fired or in trouble. Uh, So the Vikings win. And I'll tell you what, Judd Zolgad and Declan, Lions game at noon on a Sunday. And ultimately, they stood no chance when it came to facing Mr. Game-Winning Drive himself, the Dagger Doctor, the late-game luminary, Kirky. Mick Clutcherton, the Colossus of Clutch, sticks the dagger right in the ribcage of Dan Campbell's Lions when it's all said and done. Vikings are 2-1. and one. Uh, Give me your thoughts from this. A stadium that was pretty dead for like the first, yes. for sure, the first portion of that game uh, and then yes. fired up by the end. So uh, what, what's your main takeaway? My main takeaway is this. Uh, this is what we wanted the Vikings to do on Monday night in Philadelphia, which is on a very murky, questionable, ugly game, you're presented opportunities. And the opponent says, hey, no, no, we like you around. Come back and win this game. And on Monday, it was very frustrating because the defense played poorly, and then the offense took the place of the defense of playing poorly in the last two quarters. Now, that's on the road against a far superior team. But nonetheless, mm-hmm. there were opportunities there, and we talked last week extensively about the fact the Vikings didn't take advantage. So, to their credit, they took advantage. And I kept, and I was saying... When the Vikings were down, what, by 10 late? This is not over yet. Like, like this is the type of game that against a team like Detroit, you can win. Uh, Kirk Cousins, I thought, that last drive was really damn good. And look, um, that's a drive that the Vikings sort of had against the Panthers a couple of years ago, I think, during the pandemic, and he fell apart completely. This time, connected on throws, played well, didn't have a good day. Justin Jefferson did not have a good day, but the Vikings won. The last thing, though, just quickly my thought on this, too. The next person to tell me that Dan Campbell has the Lions turned around because they like playing for him, 
just look at the management of the game by that man today. It was awful. <laughs> How do you go for a 56-yard field goal? Knowing full well your defense is rotten. And he made several just bizarre, awful, awful decisions. The OC made some bad calls. But nonetheless, to the Vikings' credit, I am very bullish on the fact that, that they grabbed an ugly game in which they didn't really play well, and they won it. That is a nice thing to see a Kevin O'Connell team do. You know, it's funny. Like Football is very complicated, but sometimes decisions can be boiled down to if you were to ask the opposing team, what would they prefer you do in this spot? And then you can kind of you can run it through that filter. And when the Lions are trying to run that thing out with like a minute and 15 seconds left or whatever it was, and they are presented, it is like a fourth and four maybe, or like a fourth and five. So, And they had already gone for it a hundred times in the game, right? And so if the, if the Lions would have called that timeout and said, you know what, we're going to do something a little unorthodox here. Vikings, we're going to ask you, what would you like us to do here? We've got three options. Why don't you rank them in order of, uh, of, of preference? Like we could go for it, and if we get it, the game is over. We've already gotten like four of these today already, so we could just do that and the game's over. We could punt and pin you back with very little room to operate, maybe inside your own 10. And now you got to go all the way down into, into field goal range, and it's just, and Kirk's going to be backed up. Or we could kick a long field goal and potentially give you the ball at like the 44 yard line, needing only a field goal to tie. The Vikings would have said, uh, please kick the field goal. So I don't know how the Lions screwed that one up. I mean, I do. They're the Lions, and Dan Campbell probably isn't the the guy who's going to run circles around you from a game management standpoint. So Dan yeah. Campbell doesn't just like football. Dan Campbell loves football. Uh, Dex, your quick main takeaway, headline takeaway from this game. Oh, my God. I am so thankful that I have actually a, a surly beer here to drink because that was just an absolute <laughs> ride, calm nerves, calm the nerves ride of bit. emotions i was pacing <laughs> oh, i think my uh my upstairs neighbors who got pissed off at Vinny for barking got pretty pissed off at me for screaming up top of my lungs over the last few minutes so uh, another come to be, jesus meeting with the landlord oh it no might, coming it up might here. be a like father like son moment uh between my dog and myself here but w- what an absolute dagger from Kirk Cousins to put it to K.J. Osborne to, to give the Vikings a win. I mean, the Vikings defense was mostly a sieve today. They made, obviously, the big play at the end with Josh Metellus. They made some two key stops, too, uh, that set up the game-winning drive. But an absolute ride by the Vikings, and they were not really in control of this game. But when it mattered most, your uh, late-game luminary, your dagger doctor, delivered exactly what we've always wanted to do, which was a clutch performance. So shout-out to Kirk Cousins for rallying this team for a win. Yeah, this is, I, I would say, my headline takeaway. Then we'll get to, uh, looks like we have a full a full green room here of Vikings fans, and we'll turn the show over here. But it, I was ready to say, even if they lost the game, I'm not going to overreact. I told myself they were going to start like two and three, and, and the, it was going to be kind of a just a slog to the, to the bye week. And then they were going to turn it on with more home games, schedule, back half of the season, offense clicking. And so uh, the fact that they actually came back and won, I think the biggest lesson here, and Judd kind of nailed it off the top, is, it's a three-hour football game. And so if an opposing team kicks you in the face in the first round of the fight, that's okay. It's football. You're going to fall behind by 10, by 14. You're going to face pressure. And if you just keep at it and you, and you just keep staying aggressive down the field, you're going to have chance. There's very few teams that are going to not leave the door open for you to do something in the second half. It's like the Vikings didn't realize that against the Eagles. They were just, oh, my God, we're you know, we got barraged in the first round. And the Eagles are better than the Lions, but they just kept at it in the second half. And I love that final drive. Just bang, bang, K.J. Osborne, exactly what they needed to do. 
Uh, so let's get to it here. Vikings Vent Line, part of the Purple Daily Network of Daily Vikings Entertainment. If you haven't already, please click the subscribe button on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get you that Daily Vikings therapy or entertainment in your feed on a daily basis here. So, Dex, who is first out of the gate on Vikings Vent Line? I think Judd will appreciate this. Let's go to our guy, Andrew, here, who has two Surleys in front of him and is celebrating a Vikings win. There You're he the is. man, Andrew. That is awesome. Are you going to stone-cold Steve Austin those two cans right now? Just bash uh, them together and pour them all over I your head? I don't think so. I, I already had a few when we were down 14-0. to zero. I, That's when I started opening them up. <laughs> a boy. A little celebratory sip. Yes. We love it. What you got? Uh, and real quick, I should mention, too, I forgot to do this off the top. Uh, the show is presented by our friends at TCL. <laughs> So TCL is one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. I was screaming at my TCL TV about 16 different times today. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. All right, Andrew, your thoughts. Well, I'm going to say this. As horrible as our defense looked this game, you look at our next two opponents, I don't know if it matters or that bad. I still think we're going to go, what, 4-1? and one? We're playing the Saints and the Bears. Jameis hasn't looked very good. Justin Fields, he looked horrible. Now, once we get to the, the Dolphins game before the bye week, I think that that receiver room could light us up. But, I mean, if our defense is this bad, so what until then? I mean, we're, we're what, 2-1? and one? We got two more games, you know, against mm-hmm. some – you know, the offenses on those two games aren't that important. I mean – yeah, I would say, Andrew, thanks for jumping on. Thanks for the product placement, leading us off early. here on Vikings Vent Line. Um, the defense has been a sieve the last two games, and we can get into a deeper discussion maybe on Purple Daily this week. In fairness to the defense, and I don't think they would be the, you know, the 2000 Ravens in any case, but when you fall behind, when you start that slowly offensively and you fall behind like that and you're just not, like they scored... They couldn't do anything offensively against the Eagles early, and then they got off to a sluggish start offensively. When you're playing from behind like that, your defense is going to have a harder time than if you get a 14-point lead yourself. There's a reason why the defense looked better against the Packers than in these last two games, because they were playing from like two or three scores up against the Packers. And so I'd like to see that defense again with an early lead, up 10 to nothing, up 14 to three or something, and see what they look like. But yes, they... uh, that will be a major discussion throughout the week. How do you not be such a sieve defensively? I'd like to be far, like to see them be far more stout against the run in particular. The run, the run is gashing them consistently. And look, I get it. There are going to be times that opponents are going to break off runs. But I mean, when it is what fourth and twelve, and they get ten yards, and now it's fourth and two, and you kicked a yeah. field goal, which was dumb. But anyway, um, Detroit, hundred thirty-nine yards. In rushing today, four yards per pop, a couple touchdowns on the ground. I would just like to see that short up a bit. I don't think it should be that hard to actually be competitive against the run. Yeah, and in the end, uh, five and a half yards per play allowed by the Vikings defense today, which is right around the league average. So it wasn't early on. It was like seven plus. They were getting gashed, but you know they they made some adjustments maybe the the lions backed off the throttle a little bit thinking that they were going to try and run run some clock but let's get to our next vikings fan here on vikings vent line decks yeah let's go to is it t-rag yes what's up what's up buddy? t-rag what's going on fellas uh i've been watching y'all for a long time i love every single one of you guys judd Dude. mac and that one um 
I will say, uh, even though this was a win, it still felt very rough. Like I, I'm wearing my lucky Thielen jersey, and uh, I still felt like we were down most of the game. Um, did not like the way Kirk executed a lot of plays, but I felt like whenever it came through, he did make the pass that was needed to win the game. And um, I don't know. It, it, it's a roller coaster, but I'm on the up right now. So I don't know. What do you guys think about how uh, how we executed today's game plan? Well, I, I, didn't, I didn't think it was great, but here's the thing. This is the league. Like, watch games. Um, what transpired today, I think the biggest thing that you have to take from this is presented opportunities, they came back. Because I think the problem is we, we go into games thinking that they should be aesthetically pleasing, right? Like, this should look good. And, I mean, this offense, we're encouraged, or we have been. But the reality is this. This sport is full of games exactly like this. And if you have a quarterback like Kirk who can, and I think this is a huge gripe previously, which is he doesn't lead comebacks when the pressure's on. He did. Um, so, yes, there is a ton to dissect. There's a ton not to, to like. Do I think that this is a Super Bowl team? Absolutely not. But I'm not going to sit here and poo-poo the fact that this team was down most of the game. At one point or two points was being booed. I thought had a pretty bad day, certainly, at times. Jefferson had what I would consider possibly on his own, the worst game of his career, and they won. Like, all of those things. So, yes, I totally get your point, and I don't disagree. It wasn't really fun to watch. Um, but I think it is – I think that this is exactly, at least in 2020 and 21, what Mike Zimmer's teams didn't do. Right? Yeah, yeah. I would say, T-Rike, thanks for coming on. Definitely come on again sometime. And I, and I, and I, would, I would say this. Like, it doesn't always and, – and this – let me back up a step. I'm going to say this to the fans and to Kirk because – Sometimes Kirk needs to hear this, too. Most football games are going to get muddy. Most football games aren't going to go according to script. You're going to see some things that maybe you didn't see in film. You're going to be down by 14 points. It, like, this is what happens across the league. And you still have to find a way to... I love the fact that they scored 14 points in the fourth quarter unanswered to win this game. That's my, that's, that's my biggest thing. I don't care how the first two and a half hours played out. If you still have a chance to kick the door in, kick it in. Now, it is the Lions, and it's a home game at noon. And there's going to be instances where you're going to have to do this against better opponents on the road, primetime, playoffs, whatever. But uh, it's not always going to be pretty. Can you still find a way to dig out from under it and, and win in the end? And they did today. So they deserve to be, uh, to be praised for that. Let's keep it going here on Vikings Bentley. Let's actually do a little double trouble here. Let's do a little tandem. Let's go to Jason and Deb here. Hey. hey guys, what's up, guys? What's going on, Jason and Deb? Well, it, that was a tough game, and we were watching here in Auburn Hills, Michigan. Deb's hardcore Lions fan. I'm hardcore Vikings fan, but wow, you know, <laughs> you know the whole uh, divided household type of deal. But, but I tell you, you know, just big picture, you know, I I think we're we're going to be due for a reset with uh, Kirk after the season. Hopefully they draft a quarterback and, and we see what happens. You know, I'm just not impressed today. And then, honey, you know. I just want to say that if it's that hard for you to beat a team like the Lions, you are definitely not going to beat anybody that's in the playoffs. Or on right? prime time. Or on right? prime time. Yeah. I actually think the Lions are respectable now. Like, yeah, I don't – I think they, 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 they play. They, they score points now. Yes. Yeah, they're tough. You know, they're tough. 
you know, your coach is an idiot, though. <laughs> His management of that game was awful. I would still Sorry. run through ten brick walls for Dan Campbell. Yeah, me too. Actually, and his, and his, his yeah, aggressive drinker's nose. We are. We, you got to watch out for the Lions because we're coming there with a go. coach like Dan Campbell and the recruits that we have. Like we are definitely going to be better in years to come. And I'm just saying, Kirk has this huge elite quarterback contract with his no trade clause, and it can barely beat the Lions. Right. So how how can you celebrate that? Yeah, I, I'm ready for a vet QB or Kirk next year, but draft a rookie QB and let's go from there. You know, I think it's time. So, well, that's the divided household take here early like on. <laughs> Sorry, I'm really upset that my team lost because I did think we were going to win this game. I think you're going to have more wins to celebrate as a I Lions so. fan. So, thank you both. Don't kick 56 yard field goals when you have a lead on the road and it might go better for you. Yeah, uh, I don't know, man. I just how, how they didn't go up after all of the fourth down aggressiveness throughout the game, and they decide now is the time when we're not going to be aggressive with a chance to actually win the game. So weird. I'm torn on Kirk. You know why? Because look, yeah, he, he did not play a great game, and the team did not play a great game. So that that's more than Kirk. But when he leads that last drive that competently, and like you know, it wasn't a fluke. That was real. Mm-hmm. It's very hard for me to get on here in today's league and criticize him. Like, I know he could approve things. He, he always can. He doesn't change in some ways. I get all that, right? But it just feels very weird for me to rain on the parade right now when he basically did the one thing. I think if, if we were to list three cousins things, right, like three things we want to see from him, mm-hmm. this would probably be number one. Like, he did what we have been complaining about. So I'm really torn on complaining too much about his play right now in the aftermath of him coming through when the pressure was definitely on, whether it was against Detroit or not. To me. I think we're okay. Are we good? Are I we think back? we're good. Are we good? Are we good? Are we okay. good? I think we had a little glitch. I think we're okay. We're okay. okay. Is that me? We're back. No, I think that was me. It was okay. I think that was okay. Oh, oh no. Sure. Okay. Oh, oh no. Wait, way to go, Kirk. Oh man. Not good. Okay. All right, let's see if we can get another guest on here on Vikings Vent Line before the plane cra- Hopefully we can keep the plane in the sky here. All right. <laughs> Who's next? Somebody call a timeout. Eric, what's up, dude? Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, we got, got you, you, Eric. Okay, cool. All right. Anyways, uh, first off, I want to start off by uh, thanking you guys for having me. You know, I, I watch your show. I've been working from home for the last few weeks, and you guys are the ones keeping me afloat. But, um, um, like, in terms of this game, I kind of just have, like, three main takeaways. Um, the first being, like, this team, I thought it would change the whole uh, roller coaster emotions with this new coaching staff and, you know, this new philosophy, but yet it still feels like we're in the Mike Zimmer days of where anything can go wrong at really any moment. Uh, so hopefully that that doesn't last for much longer. But um, And then second is just uh, Irv Smith. I don't know, like every time he's on the field, I just don't really see it. Like uh, I think he had another wide open drop. It wasn't really wide open, but I mean he had his balls. The, his hand around the ball and he just dropped it in the open field and when Johnny Munt and Ben Ellison are kind of upstaging you in every single game it's it's kind of hard to keep that hope alive and uh 
Yeah, and then really just the last thing, um, last week after the Eagles game, I've been such a big Kirk Cousins fan. I've, I, I've been one of those people who kind of defends him at every turn, and that Eagles game kind of just broke broke my spirit. It sort of made me realize that this team really does have a ceiling as long as he's the quarterback. And while he did have that game-winning throw, I don't know. There are just so many instances where the camera cuts to him and he's, you know, gritting his teeth or grind, grinding his teeth and, you know, just looking, yeah, looking all, looking all nervous all the time. And that's just not really the look you want to have on your, on the face of your franchise or your franchise QB. And I don't know, like it, it's kind of nerve wracking the thought of going after a rookie quarterback next year, because you could wind up with a player like, you know, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, or he could be the Bears with Justin Field and just be, like, catastrophically worse than you already are. So I kind of understand uh, why the front office is really hesitant. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you got to take that next step. And, you know, maybe he'll prove us wrong, but I, I don't really think that's going to happen. So, Eric, thanks for coming on here. Let's 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 unpack a couple of these things. So we've had, I think, 50% of of the Ventline guests so far, their main takeaway from today's game is that they're kind of done with Kirk Cousins. <laughs> and I kind of came away from, you know, there were some classic Kirk frustration moments in there, but I kind of away, kind of came away thinking, yeah, he kind of did what he always does against the line. It took him a little longer today, but he threw for a bunch of yards and threw for some touchdowns, didn't throw any back-breaking interceptions, and then at the end of the day brought him back from behind for a fourth-quarter comeback. Like, he owns the Lions. Lions, noon, equals Kirk Cousins Super Bowl. And so I don't know where some of this is coming from. If you felt that way after the Eagles game, I understand it. But but today, I mean, he he did what he was supposed to do at the end and kept the the train moving forward on the tracks here. So just I guess for people to have the that epiphany about Kirk today of all days is a little odd to me as the number one Kirk hater myself, Judd. Well, and it's sort of weird too because they so the game started off with with again a focus it felt like on the first couple drives of Cook carrying the ball more, which made sense, and Jefferson getting passes. And then after that whole kerfuffle before Kirk threw the touchdown pass to Thielen, it was like somebody reincorporated 19 into the game plan. And guess what? It started to, to work. And I also saw a lot of a lot of plays run after that that were very much Kubiakin plays for Kirk as well to try to get him calmed down and back in, into the type of rhythm he likes to be in, and they went, and we saw that. So, I mean, this is Kirk. It, this is where people have to be very careful, though, and we talked about this quite a bit uh, during the summer. you got to be really careful in blaming Zimmer for everything and saying, oh, now that he's gone, it's a, you didn't change a lot of veterans out. And they are who they are, both as players and personality I mean, just because they like KOC more doesn't mean that the players are like, well, I'm a different player now. They're aging. Uh, They've got their strengths. They've got their weaknesses, both as players and as people. So, like, that's the one thing I caution. You're not going to see until the team is changed a lot from the roster construction standpoint. This team is not going to change. It's just going to be a happier team. And, And I do think that freedom probably helped a lot in coming back to win an ugly game today. Yeah. Let's keep it rolling here. Vikings vent line. If you haven't already, click subscribe on the Purple Daily YouTube channel so we can keep pumping uh, Vikings takes into your feed. Who do we got next here? Is it Hogarth? 
It is Hogarth, gentlemen. How are we? What's going on, Hogarth? Very little. Just enjoying. I'm in that uh, that Sunday where like you have different beers from throughout last weekend and stuff. So I'm like <laughs> doing the garbage disposal. You're, just, you're thing, cleaning so. out your fridge by drinking all your beers. That's a very noble all beer. That's, that's noble concept. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so just really quickly touch on. Uh, Real quick, touch on actually a couple of uh, Mackie and a Judd point. Mackie's point he made uh, last year, a couple of years ago. You can tell a team's medal by their worst games, how they fare in their worst games. Bad game today. They won. Mm-hmm. Kirk threw a dagger right on. He he overthrew a couple of those shots, a couple of those uh, late down shots a little bit earlier, but he got that dagger to Osborne. Awesome. Uh, to Judd's point that he made just a little bit ago, uh, the game's weird. This league is weird. This game is weird. You take the top couple of teams, the cream of the crop, and you take the barely playoff teams. What separates them? Maybe 10 points a game? Maybe a hundred, not even 100 yards a game? Anything can happen. You can't just completely abandon everything and you know, completely change the way you're going to utilize a team and, and its players. Um, now that said, props to the Lions, but, you know, the O-line is still, like me, soft in the middle. Uh, <laughs> the D just needs to, the D needs to just come out of its shell. Uh, see what I see what I did there? Yeah, it's uh, easy. Yeah. Good stuff. And uh, I just, who are they? That's my biggest my biggest takeaway from the game. I actually like Kurt. If they could if they could bring his salary, just just you know, like lost in friends. Good luck prying those dollars out of his yeah, yeah, cold, dead uh, rigor mortis fingers. Yeah, well, that seems to be the problem. But I I just really want to know who they are. Who are they trying to be? Are are is this is this an example of a first year coach in his third game figuring things out by turning different wheels or is this like they don't know what they are yet yeah These i don't think all... they know yet thanks yeah. Garth. thanks for coming on appreciate it. thank you yeah i i don't i don't think offensively i do not think the identity is established at all and look again when you don't play guys when, when you don't play exhibition games and they shouldn't have but like this is going to take time it's a ramp up Mm-hmm. Um, I like the progress today in involving more players, and I really liked it as the game evolved. I mean, I, I think for the most part, K.J. Osborne was a non-factor until that, that last drive. I think he caught a couple balls. But, I mean, um, the fact that he became the go-to guy and Detroit was not prepared, that's a great call. That's fantastic. Defensively, I have my doubts. One is I think that this, I think that this defense works really well with the right players. But this is sort of an aging defense, and I do think that teams also have deducted, if you don't have top players, uh, how to exploit it. So I don't know. I don't think they probably have the right personnel to plug in here. And, I mean, Donatel's a Fangio disciple, but he's a disciple. Like, I mean, that's just bringing on a guy that knows the scheme and stuff. I'm not sold there yet. Offensively, I am willing to give this time. I really am. Because it's just going to take time. I asked a couple weeks ago, or maybe it might have been this last week, on uh, Trenches with Boone, our weekly Alex Boone podcast. And I said, okay, new coach, new system, how many weeks? How many weeks until it should be clicking? He said four to five weeks. After four to five weeks, if it still looks weird offensively or something's off, then then you got to roll up your sleeves and 
do some self-evaluation there. But I don't think – and this is why, again, when we, you know, we picked the schedule five times this offseason, whatever it was, and personally, my last iteration of picking the schedule, I had them, I think, two and three to start. I think I had them doing exactly what they've done so far, but then losing to the Saints and then having kind of a weird travel week loss to the, to the Bears and then beating Miami, which I don't, I don't know that I would bet on that scenario the next three weeks based on the way the – the season's played out so far, but my main point was it's going to take the first probably month or two before this team really starts to figure out who they are and what works and what doesn't. So if they can just stay afloat and get into the bye week three and three, take a deep breath, and then you got a bunch of home games in the second half of the season. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's not supposed to look like a finished product quite yet. So I I will continue pounding on the table of just be patient, Let's see what this thing looks like, whether it's good or bad. We won't really even know for a few more weeks on the offensive side. The defensive side, definitely some more red flags with just the aging bodies out there and the fact that Lewis Seen can't get on the field after the first three games. Like, yeah. you got Harrison Smith is out. Cam Bynum's not a pro bowler, and, like, this dude can't get on the field. And on, weird. Scene, and on scene, there's definitely concerns about him picking up the scheme. Like, this is a problematic thing. Like, because yeah. a first-round safety should play, Right. Like it's Absolutely. not a first round quarterback. Oh, we got to hold him out a little while, and uh, yeah. So, so that's a definite concern. Um, I also, as the, the comment from Chris uh, Tucker says, there, I also am a little bit surprised. I think Brian Asamoah needs a bit more of a chance with what they're trying to do. I like his speed, and again, unless he's not picking up the system, I have no clue on that one. Yeah, uh, Cam Dantzler also he can make some plays. But he is about as unassignment sound as you can get as well. So, like, yes, there there are way more flat out red flags on defense. Offense, I just think it is literally a work in progress. Uh, update on Dalvin Cook here from the post game press conference. He has a shoulder injury, but he but but Dalvin said he will play next week in London. They're going to run some tests this week. Uh, O'Connell says Cook told him he'll be out there next week playing, but we'll see. So. He's had a lot of different kind of shoulder, collarbone area things in his career. So some of it's been pain management where he's just like, we're just cringing every time he gets tackled. So I don't, I, we'll find out more as the week goes on, but he thinks he'll play in London next week. So let's keep it rolling here. Vikings vent line on Purple Daily. Dex? Yeah, let's go to Josh next now. Josh, what's up, man? What's up? Um, man, we think it's tough being a Vikings fan. Could you imagine being a Detroit Lions fan? <laughs> oh, man. Like, you really can't have bleep in Detroit. Like those poor people can't can't catch a break. Like man, I can't I mean, decide if those are great fans who just stand by that team decade after decade, or if they're all just idiots. I don't know. I probably a mix of both. Like you got to be partial idiot to be a Detroit fan. Like that's not a that's rough. They gotta yeah, that's rough. Yeah, I think. Uh... Don't they have like one playoff win in the last fifty years or something? Sounds Is it? Right. I think it's something like that. Yeah, um, did, did Calvin Johnson ever get a playoff win? No, they went a couple times with them, uh, but no, no, no playoff they, wins. So they've lost. They've they've only been to the playoffs three times since nineteen ninety nine. Uh, they did go to the conference championship game in nineteen ninety one. So Judd would be the only one who remembers if that hey. happened. They got smoked by Washington. I think they beat Dallas and got smoked by Washington. Mm. 
I do remember. Uh, that. Oh, they did win the NFL championship though in 1957. So Bobby Lane. So they Bobby got Lane. that going for him. My dad remembers that. He was born in the 40s. So yeah. Josh, Anyhow, you were, sorry, Josh. <laughs> you, you were on here last week too on Monday, kind of like wanting to give up on the Vikings, right? And and now they oh. beat the Lions. How are how are you how are you feeling about that right now? Oh no! If you would have asked me like at the end of the third quarter, what I thought, I would have said fire everybody. I was going to fire O'Connell, fire Donatel, cut Pat Pete, cut Irv Smith. Like, I'm still ready to give up, but this like just delayed that a little bit. There he is. Uh, one, man. Okay. Emotionally rational and stable Vikings fan Josh coming on for the second week in a row. Appreciate it, Josh. You're only four years away from being able to drink your sorrows away legally, too. So uh, we'll introduce yeah, you to Surly then. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. <laughs> All right, Josh. Oh, man. I love Josh. Just representing the the high school Vikings fans out there. Just coming to the understanding that it's just going to be mostly misery for you. But uh, let's keep going here. Vikings vent line. Yeah, let's keep it rolling. Let's go to uh, Wyatt. Wyatt, what's up, man? You're on Vikings vent line. What's up, guys? Can you hear me all right? Yeah, man, yep. we got you. Awesome. Yeah, so I think like everybody was probably watching it, I was planning on coming on either way, but what I was going to say changed quite a bit in that fourth quarter. Um, the defense looked pretty bad for a while there, but they got it done in the end. Uh, and I've actually got this picture right here, Winston Churchill, in preparation for next week in London. So <laughs> There you um, go. <laughs> and... Um, but, yeah, I think the Lions are kind of like a gateway team this year in that if you're not a good team, you're not going to win against them. And, you know, the first the first game against the Packers, we've got a new offense. Packers don't really know what that looks like. New defense. So I think we were able to come out, you know, fresh against them and have a good game. But Philly's got tape. They're a good team. Um, but this week, like I said, what I was going to say changed quite a bit. But – we came back. We got what we needed to get done against a pretty solid team in Detroit. Um, so, you know, I think if this year doesn't work out with Kirk, it might be time to pull the trigger on the reset. I was emotionally prepared for that this year, but, you know, we got what we got. So I just want to know where you guys think we're at now because good game against the Packers, bad game against Philly, and now nice solid comeback against a pretty solid team in Detroit. Yeah, yeah. I think Thanks, Wyatt. I think this team is league average. I don't think they're bad. I don't think they're real good. I think that they are. I mean, today's game was indicative of how this league works. Um, and they're not a bad team. Like, it's not like, oh, they're defensively, they've got some problems. But I think that if you were to, like, sit down and watch film for three weeks of every single, all 32 teams, right? I think that, that w- without, like, trying to be biased about, yeah, this team's barely bit better. If you were just to put them in bins, I think the league average bin would contain the Vikings and a ton of teams. Yeah. I think they're, I, you know, they are a functional team. I understand what they're doing. I think that they need more young talent and blood here. But I think what we're seeing is a team that's very representative of a lot of clubs right now in the NFL. I like Wyatt's characterization of the Lions as a gateway team. It's that, great. It's, yeah. that if you think you're a decent team, you should probably beat the Lions. If you're not that good and you're headed toward a top ten draft pick, they're probably going to beat you. So I kind of like uh, I kind of like the way he characterized that. By the way, by the way, by my own research, I didn't use uh, ESPN stats and information or any of these uh, 
you know, large conglomerate research company. This is just old Macadac Research LLC. I think this was the third double-digit comeback victory in the Kirk Cousins era of Vikings football, where they were down by at least double digits at some point in the game and still came back to win. Somebody can check me on this, but in 2019, there was the infamous 20 to nothing deficit that Kirk Cousins eradicated in the second half. That was week 11 of 2019. And then week 18 of last year, they were down 14 nothing out of the gate against the Bears at home. And they came back. They might have tied that game in the first half, but they came back and they won that game. And then today they were down double digit twice. So all three home games, all three at U.S. Bank Stadium, I believe those are your three double-digit Kirk Cousins Vikings era comebacks. So somebody can I don't know, somebody can find another one. We'll we'll put it on the board. Uh, who is next on Vikings Ventland? Let's go to Jonathan, his uh, furry little friend here. Oh, but uh, yeah, this is Bentley. But uh, Bentley, Bentley, Bentley. Is, it, is Bentley a boy or a girl? Boy. Who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? Um, what I was going to say is there are a few low bars that I noticed that the Vikings were able to do that uh, wasn't necessarily true last year. The first thing, I actually was surprisingly got a slight pop for me that I saw Kirk Cousins be able to call a timeout. That did happen during the course of the game. He felt empowered. I felt it. Uh, the, the other thing is uh, how... They were able to uh, clamp down on the Lions heading into the end of the first half there. I mean, last year, we know how historically bad that was. So, I mean, there were some things I definitely liked. Now, I'll say the low point of emotion was absolutely the beginning of the third quarter because it's like, okay, you got this, your chance to double dip in points and then to go three and out. That was definitely the high point of frustration in this game for me. Yeah, no, those are all fair points. Did you? Did you? By the way, use the phrase that uh, you said you popped? Yes. Popped. All right. That that now we know we're talking to a professional wrestling fan here, Declan. So yeah, that's right. We can do our little secret. Uh, little <laughs> little too handshake. sweet there. I love yep. that. Too sweet and a hearty handshake. Exactly. Jonathan, yeah. thanks for coming on, man. Yeah. Bye, Bentley. Judd has just <laughs> no idea what the hell Bill and I Judd, did. Right there. here, too sweet. Now. Too sweet. Sounds good no. to me. Too sweet? No. Too sweet. No, no. I got to see more of it, and because I could have the wrong sign, and then I'll be a controversy. <laughs> this, this is I'll true. be in the midst of a controversy I don't want. On Judd's actually right here. <laughs> yeah. So let, you know what? Hi, everybody. I'll just do that. Who was it? Was it? Uh, was it uh, Mayor Betsy that got into yeah, trouble? Wanna, she was, yeah. She yeah. Flashed a, a sign. Just, and, yeah. Nope. It's gotta no be careful. Exactly. All right. Who's next on Vikings <laughs> that line? Let's go to. Uh, let's go to Dan now. Dan, what's up, dude? You got us? Okay. Hey, can you guys hear me? Yep. Yeah, we got you, Dan. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. Long-time listener. I love having you guys. I got a, just a couple points here I wanted to see your guys' thoughts on. Yeah, for sure. Judd, I absolutely agree. I think the linebackers are slow, and this is going to be a problem. And that Cam Bynum holding was brutal. Um, I didn't see if the Vikings were really trying to get the run going or the pass going. It seemed like they were confused about what identity they had at the very beginning of this game. Uh, it really was apparent that J.J. was covered the whole game, and the Vikings need to have other players step up um, that are not J.J., so K.J., Irv Smith, um, something like that. And I was really shocked that Detroit kicked that field goal. Uh, they were four for four on fourth down at that point, and that was, like, them handing us the game. Yep. And then finally, Judd, I got this for you. 
Kirk Cousins is like a tuxedo. He looks great a few times a year, but can also look ridiculous at certain times. <laughs> depends yeah? depends like on the it. context, yeah. So, Dan, thanks for uh, your, your comments, your takes here. Let's, let's get into the Justin Jefferson thing here for just a moment. Sure. Um, so, Cooper Cup last season, the number one featured receiver in the Kevin O'Connell, Sean McVay-led offense, his worst game of the year was th- five catches for 64 yards in a blowout loss at home to the Cardinals in week four. Every other game except for that one game, Cooper Cup had at least 92 yards and at least six catches. So think about that. His second worst game was still a 92-yard performance. And, Judd, you said off the top of the show that this may have been may have been the worst game of Jefferson's career. Only three catches for 14 yards. He was targeted only six targets. And so... I, we can unpack this throughout the week, but I have a huge problem with this because the entire offseason, it was all about we dictate what we will do to defenses, right? Right, right. Just because they bracket cover or double cover or pay extra attention doesn't mean that they're going to take him out of the game. Mm-hmm. So I just, I just have a problem with the bill of goods that was being sold in general that, hey, the Lions, this happened last year too, right? The Lions, well, the Lions are putting a safety over the top. What do you want us to do? We can't possibly throw the ball to Jefferson anymore. And for that to happen again, I'm wondering, okay, and Kevin O'Connell, I think, fell on the sword after the game and said, you know, J.J. actually did have a big impact because he took up so much attention and other guys got open. But is this a scheming problem? Is it a Kirk Cousins not... Because there should be 12 or 13 targets in here. There was only six. Is it Kirk not throwing the ball more often to Jefferson? Or is it Justin Jefferson, if he wants to call himself the best receiver in the NFL, needs to get better at finding open windows for Kirk to find him in? I don't know the answer. Maybe it's a combination of all three. But three catches for 14 yards can't happen with Justin Jefferson. And at least I'm sure he was charged with at least two drops, if not three. Um, so I think what it is is I think it's partially a distribution of the football problem and an understanding. So Kevin O'Connell is trying to use Jefferson like Cup was used, but Cup's a different player as well. And I think part of the problem, too, is, again, today it felt like they were trying to force the ball to Jefferson early. It wasn't until, like, the second quarter, and I think the the first touchdown that the Vikings scored, where Thielen finally got a target and the football. Now look at what transpired in the rest of that game. Thielen and Osborne were targeted, I think, like eight times apiece, and they went away from Jefferson. But they need to find ways to at least create some confusion, and they did a good job by going to Osborne, I thought, on that last drive. But that's what's going to open up Jefferson a bit because what you have to do is you have to get teams to pick their poison. And it feels like you're telegraphing things. Like if you're going to start games and be like, it's Jefferson's game. Um, So and, And look. KOC is probably or is a very smart offensive coach, but he's calling plays for the first time, for the first time. And he's dealing with Kirk, who I think we can all say is probably high maintenance, okay? So in, do, in doing these things, like you, you can dream up anything that you want in July or June or whatever. Uh, but I really think that this is probably a, an issue across the board of, of the distribution of the football how you do it, and then off of that, creating favorable matchups, even for Justin Jefferson at times. Yeah. Uh, let's keep it rolling here, Declan. Vikings vent line. Yeah, let's go to uh, let's go to actually a regular here. Let's go to our guy Acuni. Acuni, what's Acuni. up, buddy? How are what's you? What's up, dude? 
Oh, you're, you're muted on your end, Akuni. Just got to unmute yourself there. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah we got, got you. you now. All right, long time no see. How are you? Good, man. Good to see you back. Well, are you okay? The defense, Jed, I'm going to agree with you on the defense. I think the defense needs work. What happened to the multiple fronts look that we were talking about? all you know off season you know i think first and second down we got to have an extra lineman in there which we need to sign we need to sign sue or linville joseph to stop the run because we are just getting gashed right and then i don't think the linebackers are really i'm gonna I'm disagree i don't think they're slow um there are faster linebackers out there but kendrick's is still making plays out there jordan hicks is making plays i don't think there's really the players are older, but I don't think there's an old issue. I mean, Patrick Peterson made a few plays out there. I really think it's scheme and play calling. I think we might have lost a Cooney there. But, yeah, sorry, oh, my dad go. was calling me. Oh, <laughs> he's got but, takes too, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, probably. I don't want to hear him. He's an Eagles fan. Oh, no. Yeah. Rough week then, for you. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then on the uh, offensive side, I think we need to get Jalen Rager and Justin Jefferson in more on like sweeps and stuff, get them more involved in the running game. We got to have a variety of plays we're going to here. Cause I feel like if we get stopped on first down, then all of a sudden it's the four wide, you know, now we're going to throw it. Like it doesn't seem like we're dictating anymore. It seems like we're just guessing at this point, but really I want to talk about, I don't understand some of these fans' feelings against Kirk Cousins. Like, you're upset that the guy grits his teeth? Like, is that what we're really upset No, it's about more – It's. It, I'll speak on behalf of the Kirk haters here for a moment, if I could, Akuni. It is that he is He is a very um, – he's a very anxious professional athlete. And the teeth gritting is just sort of his general state and countenance. But it just always, and it's not that he's always nervous, but it just like he always looks like he's tense. He's not the guy that's going to loosen things up. And uh, like I've always kind of joked, he needs to go like drink a beer and a half before the game and just kind of chill out sometimes. <laughs> you know, that's that's what I would recommend to him. Or take a, I don't know, it's not legal in Minnesota really, but uh, you know, when you play in a state where you can like grab a five milligram gummy or something, you know, just like just chill out, just chill out sometimes. See, where I would come back is, okay, so what if he was, you know, too relaxed? Then we'd be on him about being too relaxed. <laughs> up. You know what I'm saying? Like, for him to do the one thing that everyone has been wanting him to do, which is in clutch time, go out and make plays. He did that. And we're coming on here and we're dragging the guy. I mean, yeah, he didn't play the greatest. And I'm not a Kirk stand, okay? I will gladly take any of the young running quarterbacks in the league or coming into the league before I take him. But I'm j I don't know. I feel like we gotta cool it on some of this Kirk stuff. Some of this is like, oh, he looked nervous. I I didn't see him look nervous during that. Like I don't know. I think we're all reading Akuni saw James Bond level just steely countenance out there. Just yeah. Sipping a martini and stoic, ready, <laughs> like general going into war. You know, he goes to the sideline and plays uh, plays blackjack for fifteen minutes while exactly. smoking cigarettes. Yeah, outside he looks nervous, but inside he's really chilling. He knows he's gonna come back in the last couple of seconds. But yeah, that's when I, you know, like just 
let's let's you know measure our expectations. He's not Patrick Peterson. I mean, not he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Justin Herbert. He's Kirk. You got to take good with the bad, and I think he can take us all the way. But we got to fix the play calling on both sides of the ball, and we got to get one more run stopper in there to stop the run. All right, Okuni, great stuff, stuff, dude. Man. We'll get you on again you, sometime. And his, I think we all agree with, like Kirk did what he needed to do to make that make sure that game was a win today. So. By the way, Pro Football Talk reporting that per a source on Dalvin Cook, uh, the current expectation is he will wear a brace and play on Sunday versus the Saints in London per Mark Florio of, Florio of Pro Football Talk. Or just take a week off. You know, yeah, that's what I was going to say. You know, I'm not going to be upset if he doesn't play. I don't need a fumble because a, right. a jolt of pain went shooting through half of yeah. his body, okay? just No, I mean, you know what? Um, Madison can start. Ty Chandler. Can play, um, yeah. I'm with you. I, I this is this is no longer the Dalvin Cook show where it's like, oh my god, if he doesn't play, you're screwed. Yeah, they they came back and won without him. Um, I also feel that there's a tendency. I've, there's clearly a tendency on the part of the coach after what we saw t- today to feed him the ball a little bit more. Like, I want to run the ball, but it's not like, well, you got Cook. Uh, I'm with Phil. I would say, you know what, dude, we are gonna leave you here. Rehab, you don't have to go on the flight. We'll see you for the Bears. I'm with yeah. you. Before we get to our next Vikings fan here, all I'm asking for is, you know, just, you know, if you feel a little tense, maybe someone can sneak you one of those before I die Kansas early on the sideline oh. there. Kirk, if, if you're down by 14, uh, you know, the pressure's getting to you, just uh, yeah. crack one of those cans on the sideline. Personally, I would, I would recommend from Sports Dad, I would say a before I die and a furious. Pre-game, yes. okay? One of each. One's a little bit. One's got a little more pop. But uh, I think if, if you went before I die and furious right before the game, our friends at Surly Brewing would, I'm sure, deliver the cans to the locker room, and you would be enjoying a beer that I saw a ton of people. Thank you for the tweets, the pictures, the last two days, the brew hall pictures, all of it. Thank you, because Kirk Cousins can learn what a lot of people and Vikings fans in this state have, and that is that Surly Brewing makes a beer that is absolutely delicious. Yeah. Also, another one of our uh, great partners here on Ventline, Win or Lose, is providing you a chance to win yourself with that Vikings scratch-off ticket, Minnesota Lottery, Judd. What if I told you that you could follow up a Vikings uh, a Vikings close win with a chance to win $10.2 million in total cash prizes? Because it is, as Phil just said, time to go big with the lottery's big-ticket Vikings scratch game. So big, it has second-chance prizes available. The lottery say I'm in. It must be 18 or older to go big. Make your Monday a great one by winning. I love right, this let's comment get... here, too, from Red854. I need a reality where Judd would run Kirk as surly during a halftime to, uh, to calm him down. That would be I excellent. Would. Yeah, I'd I do it in a second. Some people I'd are saying, it. too, in the comments that he doesn't drink. Is it that he – I know that he's not like a you – know, he's not John Daly out there getting, getting bombed during competition. But, the... but does, he, does he not drink at all? Or is no, he just a... like not he a heavy drinks. drinker? He drinks. I have a certain someone in my household who once waited on a table of Kirk Cousins uh, and said really? that he likes a light beer. Wasn't well, you really big, narrowed it down close. there to yeah, the dog yeah. or your girlfriend. Which so. one? I don't know. You never know. Uh, but, yes, I know he does Thank enjoy a nice light beer. I'm aware of that. Okay. That's good to know. It's good to know. All right. Who's next on Vikings Vent Line? 
Let's go to Kyle. Kyle, what's up, man? What's going on, guys? How you guys doing? Hey, Kyle. What's up, man? Um, you know, I'm just going to kind of bounce off of what Phil and Judd have been saying throughout um, in regards to Phil's Jefferson point. I think it is a combination of all three factors that maybe Kirk's not getting him the ball enough. Maybe Jefferson's not getting himself open enough, maybe. And the scheme as well. I think like in week one, we saw the high point of what this offense could be possibly. And then week two was the lowest of what this offense could be. And then it was kind of like a mid, you know, just kind of like a middle of the pack kind of win. In regards to Kirk, I didn't like with Kirk is kind of like you, like somebody said, you take the good with the bad with him. Some games he can really show up and he looks like a gangbuster. And then other games, he looks like the fourth round pick that he was drafted. <laughs> so it's, it, it's, it's like you said, it's highs and lows. Um, but for the most part, like Judd said, this, it's going to take time for this offense to kind of figure out what it's going to be over the course of these next couple of weeks. Um, and I look at the rest of the schedule, the Saints lost to Carolina and Carolina looked dead in the water. I'm not really worried about them going forward. Um, Miami could possibly be a struggle. And then obviously you have Chicago at home. But um, as of right now, I kind of agree with all of your points. Um, I think they just got to figure out where they're going right now. So, yeah, great stuff. Great, stuff, great level headed reaction from Kyle yeah, there. Say, and we will welcome irrational reaction, too. I mean, we got a lot of smart, oh, yeah. level headed fans. But if you want to come on here five beers in and uh, and be irrational, you are welcome to to come on the show as well. Uh, all right, who's next? Vikings Valentine. All right, I think this is one of our cabinet members. Sam, what's going on, dude? You're, you're oh, muted, Sam, Sam. You're, uh, you're muted you're there. You're muted. Our chief oh, sports bar there officer. There it is. Yes, sir. Uh, on that point, uh, last week when I talked to you guys, I was most certainly five years deep. Today, I'm uh, actually in my bar. I'm in my office, so much more level-headed today with my reaction. <laughs> I actually have notes. I have notes, Judd. Oh, um, lo- Sam, love I'm the, so sports dad. Is so proud, so proud. I appreciate right that. As a and I'm a sports dad as well. I got a little little baby, so I'm uh, I'm You're following awesome. in the footsteps. Uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about is so week one the book wasn't out. No one had to film on us, and we went out there and we boat raced the Packers. The book's out. It feels like all these teams know our plays are happening before we're throwing them. Like there were so many different times where. How is it every single receiver on the field was completely covered and blanketed, and yet they still were bringing pressure on us? They knew that play call. They knew what was happening. They were swallowing up screen passes before they were happening. I know the Lions don't have that great of a defense, so that should have had a little bit more smoke in the first quarter when they don't – we should be unpredictable. Like, isn't it Kirk's MO, first drive, seven plays, 12 plays, 75 yards, field goal or touchdown? not a three and out. I think yeah. the book is out and I think they need to stop worrying about learning the book and maybe start changing it or maybe changing some signals or something because the Eagles and the Lions are picking up on something. Uh, the second thing I got is who was on the sideline hyping that team up when they were getting booed in the stands? Was there anybody going out there going, this is our game? When Diggs was on the sideline yelling at everybody down 20 zip to the Broncos, he brought the team's energy back. That energy was gone. and I'm I think it was right Dan now, Campbell, Dan Campbell on the other yeah, sideline saying, yeah. this is their exactly. game. I'm going to yeah. make a couple dumb yeah. decisions. You're going to take six penalties, quarterbacks, and uh, we'll just give it to them. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Like, wh- where's our Dan Campbell? Where's our guy? I mean, come on. Uh, I want to see no. I want to see Judd run that beer down there and make Kirk be that guy because I feel like two beer deep, Kirk might actually be a hype man. Uh <laughs> 
I need um, that. I need that hype man, Kirk, in my life yes, at some point. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, that's what Peyton Manning does. That's what that's what all these great quarterbacks do. But more throw a tablet. So I want to see someone break a tablet, despite wanna... the fact that the NFL sent a strongly worded memo about that this week. You break Thank that you. tablet, anyways. You buy it, right? Um, <laughs> I want to see these coaches get creative too. I don't think I saw a blitz the whole game on the Vikings side. Don't we have all these great premier pass rushers, and they were not getting home to golf. So where's the blitz? Where's the extra man to make that happen? Um, I mean, when's the last time you saw anybody do a fake punt in a Vikings uniform? Uh, I'll tell you right now, any other team would win and wipe the floor with us after we three and outed in the fourth quarter. What is it? Fourth and four on the 40? That's a perfect time for a little Johnny Hecker, a little, ooh, I've never seen this before. Give me a fake punt action to go get some energy into this <laughs> oh, team. Oh, Johnny Munt. Yeah, Johnny, Johnny Munt. Johnny Munt. You want Johnny Munt? My, my guy. Johnny Munt yeah. seems like the like the absolute perfect guy to catch a pass on a fake punt, right? Yes. Or or Allison. Yes. And uh, I mean, any other team after you four three and out in the fourth quarter, what do they do? They're going to run the ball down your throat down the field. They're going to go score again, put the game out of reach. But the Lions are mismanaged and they don't do that. And so we get a a win that we feel good about today. But let's be honest, the Chiefs would have walked right down that field and murdered us. The Eagles. <laughs> well. They would have walked right down that field well, and scored it and put it out of reach. So they need to get somebody to get some energy. And whether it's just getting Kirk to move around in the pocket and get creative inside the pocket, or, I mean, where's a, where's a Justin Jefferson weird little pass to, to, to Thielen on a, on a weird uh, – where's the uh, where's a little schoolyard play stuff? I mean, I know Kirk is, isn't an off-script kind of guy. He's, you know, boring and, and you know, t- sh- uh, napkin in his shirt kind of guy. But let's Not look at the other guys that are young and fun. <laughs> Get after it. Like, where's the, Nap, the, the, the shirt kind of guy? It's hilarious. Where's the, where's uh, creativity, guys? I'm gonna let Sam, y'all go. I'll, I'll great stuff, dude. Appreciate you, you you coming on the show and back to back weeks. You're still <laughs> yeah, up. Well, I I think there again. I feel like at least fifty percent of the people that have come on the show are kind of. It's almost like people had their their takes ready because the Vikings were about to lose that game, and then and I was listen. I was I was gonna try and be level headed and. I, I want to give this a few weeks, but a lot of people had notes and thoughts in their head, and then the Vikings came back and won. But the fact that they came back and won is a huge, huge – it's the thing, right? Well, it is yeah. the thing that you need them to do sometimes. Well, and I, I think that what O'Connell is probably beginning to learn is you, you can have all the principles and rules, and, you know, Kirk goes to the line of scrimmage, and he has two plays every time, and, and he can – Look at what the defense is doing and deduct what's going to take place. But but perhaps sometimes you can't, and perhaps that's a problem. You can't so, script everything. You can't well, script everything. And and just because Kevin O'Connell can look at the defense and deduct it doesn't mean that Kirk can. So like I think that there were times uh, in in the Monday night game where they probably the Vikings people were like, oh that look is perfect and the play didn't work because Kirk. So like this is going to be, I mean. Kevin O'Connell last worked with Kirk Cousins consistently in games in 2016, I believe. Um, so, like, knowing him does not mean that you know him. And, and it did seem to me, and I have no proof, it's just from what we saw, it did seem to me that we did have some far more, like, Kubiak, Stefanski-like calls in the second half. And guess what? They work for Kirk. Um, so I'm not even saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying this, and this is why we cautioned against this, this whole, well, Kirk is Stafford. Kirk is, is going to be Matthew Stafford. It's the same guy. That's not a fair thing. They're different people. They think differently. And, and just to think that Kirk Cousins was going to pick up the system and bang, 
um, that that was probably a reach. It doesn't mean he can't be successful. It does mean this notion that he was just going to step into the exact role that Matthew Stafford did is probably incorrect. It's also been three weeks, and we aren't going to know what Kirk is is going to look like at his best in this system for yep. several more weeks. Agreed. So the best thing they can do is rack up wins while they're trying to figure this out. And today was a great example of that. So was week one. All right, who's next, Declan? Yeah, let's go to Brandon, our, our chief executive axe, axe uh, officer here. Axe man. Axe man, baby. Uh, What's axe going man, on, Brandon? I put in my application for it. I don't know if I got accepted yet because the application was just about, you know, nobody wants to get their hands dirty on this cabinet. Nobody wants to go out there and, and cut off the purple Kool-Aid uh, haters and all this stuff. You know, some people, sometimes you got dead weight on the team. And sometimes dead weight needs to be cut off. So that's why I put my application in. Got my axe here. Actually got my camo on, too. We're ready to rock. My boy wants to go hunting. He's waiting for me to shut up and get done with this. So I got just a few points. All so, right. Are you are you going to go hunting with an axe? Uh, no, my, my son's hunting with a bow. I might bring an axe. You know, that's a good point. I've never tried that. I should probably should probably try it there, Philip. But uh, listen, I, I don't want to be I don't want Purple Daily to be held responsible for anything that may happen. But, you know, if, if you really Dan, what would Dan Campbell do? He'd go hunting he, with an axe. He would. He would. So, no, my son's going to use a bow, but uh, just, a, just, a, just a couple points about the game. Uh, you know, like you said, with, you know, everybody's kind of reiterated with the defense. You know, where's our pass rush with the pass rush that they had on our offensive line? Like. Garrett Bradbury, man, you got to get some sand in the pants there and just uh, anchor it down there, boy. And so it's just one of those deals where it's like, guys, come on. You know, as far as our defense goes, I would, man, I would have loved to see Brian Osmoa today in our defense. Man, did you see him truck stick that dude on special teams? That was just, he laid the wood and it was like, I got jacked for that and see how the team rallied around him. I, but at the same point, I agree with Judd in the sense that, you know, it's too early to tell. There's a lot of season left. You know, I kind of put this team at a 10 and 7 team. Uh, I'm not going to write them off. They kind of are about that, what we're seeing. We kind of have the worst of us, the best of us, and kind of this was a mid game. But um, it's a goal overseas and to see uh, what they do. Um, my only concern is you see what KOC did with about a month planning against the Packers. And now to see how he adapts week to week. Can he plan a really good game in a manner of a in just a matter of a week? And so uh, I just I would like to see him be able to do that with with just very limited time. So I just kind of want to hear your thoughts on that, guys. And uh, yeah, my application's in for the Axe Man. You got it. I don't get accepted. I'm going to go practice. I'm going to. You scared me? No, Brandon. (laughs) I'm scared of you, Brandon. Brandon, you are uh, you are in. Anyone who's holding an axe to are probably not going to put up much of a fight. So you are the chief executive axe man. Yes. But but for me, I feel like Surly has spoken. The axe man is there, and the axe man is needed. It is in the lineup. So I'm going to keep going, boys. Skull Vikings, you guys keep up the good work. Love you. Let's do it. Awesome, man. All right, Brandon, great stuff. By the way, Ryan pointing out in the YouTube comment section, Dan Campbell would actually go hunting with his bare hands. Hashtag That's football. football. That's Let's absolutely go. true. Snap a, snap a deer's neck just with your bare hands. So, so first of all, the, the Vikings played the Eagles on Monday night, and then they came back and played the Lions on Sunday, and they did ultimately win. So that, to me, is a good sign as far as the short term of trying to build up a game plan. And yes, the game plan was not great, but here's the thing that I saw that I really liked. 
And I almost don't care how you got there. Kevin O'Connell clearly made enough in-game adjustments to where the offense went from, I thought, being lost to looking pretty damn good. And now everything can be prefaced with, with it was the Lions, and I get that. But you know what? There were some definite adjustments made with guys certainly not playing their, their best, and that includes Kirk, that includes Jefferson. I mean, the Cook fumble was, was really bad. All of that. Um, Kevin O'Connell adjusted within the game to help Kirk get that win. I don't think we can dismiss that. Again, I'm trying to learn, too. But I'm just saying, like, by last year, what became frustrating about Mike was we knew Mike and we knew his tendencies and they drove us crazy. Kevin O'Connell is the opposite right now. And uh, I'm not going to take away credit for the fact that he, what, five days after a tough loss in Philadelphia, that he oversaw a team that looked like it was dead in the water and came back and won. Yeah. That fair? Oh uh, yes, it is, and I want to I want to throw something else out here in defense of the Vikings today. I can't believe that I have to do this. People are mostly down on this team right now. Um, it's been they're two and one after three weeks here, and trust me, like we will, we're the negative show, right? Like we'll pounce when when it needs to be said. But the Vikings held the Lions to twenty four points today. I'm going to use that word held again, okay? Because I think people are looking at this defensive performance as some sort of atrocity that, oh, my God, how can you look like that defensively? And let's zoom out for a second here, okay? The Lions scored 24 points today. Uh, The first two games this season, they scored 35 and 36 points offensively. The last week of last season against the Packers, they scored 37. Now, the Packers might have been resting some starters there. They scored 29 uh, in a shootout against the Seahawks. They scored 32 weeks before that against the Cardinals. 29 two weeks before that against the Vikings. They had a 10 and a 16-point clunker. But largely, the last, like, eight games, they're averaging around 30 points a game. They're averaging 34 points per game in their last four going into this. So we got to get out of our minds what the Lions were the first half of last year. And it's the Lions. Yes, it is the Lions. But... They actually score way more points usually lately than 24. So I kind of look at this and say the Vikings defense did its job largely. They're not an amazing defense, and they're probably going to get better as the season progresses here, you know, if they can get Harrison Smith back. But this was not the atrocious defensive performance that people are making it out to be when you look at it in context. So uh, call me a homer if you want for that take, but that's how I see it. Well, I mean, there, there's no question that the yards against are, are at times bothersome. But, yeah, as far as points go, it's decent. And, look, the other thing, too, is, and this is why the, the, uh, the blame could be shared in the loss on Monday night, it's because of this. The offense is supposed to lift this team. Like, this is not, the, this is not Zim's team. This is not a, well, the defense collapsed. And so this is a team that I would certainly like to see more defensively but yes, to your point about the points in the last two games, um, they're certainly not like some, oh my God, you're hemorrhaging points. And the, the reality is if you're going to win a game like you did today and you could have won the game on Monday the same way, it comes down to can the offense produce? That's mm-hmm. the real question. All right, let's keep it rocking here on Vikings Ventline, Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. Jonathan, what's up, man? Welcome to Vikings Ventline. What's going on, guys? So um, a lot of my points have been covered, unfortunately, but I'll, uh, I'll say some good and the bad. So the bad, and 
I'll just straight up say it. I'm kind of getting pissed off with Hunter. I know he had that really good stop on fourth down, but he was invisible. He doesn't get like, I'm not asking for three sacks a game, but no pressure at all. Like, his defense is based on getting pressure and minimizing the big deep shots. Well, if you're not getting the pressure, then the middle is wide open, as we saw today. Um, another thing, like you guys said, seeing not getting in is that's a bigger story than I think we're making out to be because, yeah. okay, if you're not going to start, okay, whatever. But you're a safety, you're a first-round safety from Georgia. Like, you should be ready to go. Um, yeah. The good, though, maybe this is just me, but I find that the offensive line is a lot better this year. I don't find that the pressure is immediate. Now, they were blitzing seven people at a time near the end of the game, so, of course, you're going to let some pressure there, but... Overall, I think that's a positive because the offensive line has been so atrocious the last couple of years. Um, just trying to see what else. And like you guys said, it's going to take time on offense. It's a completely new system. Go look at the Packers in 2019. Those first about five, six games, Rodgers did not look that great. It takes time. So I'm still in on them, but they need to, like just defensively, they got to adjust the, the shell coverage at least a bit. A little bit more man, a little bit more blitzing to help with the pass rush that's you know, not looking too great right now, but I don't know, give it some time. And the schedule is, it's, it's not bad. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty easy. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm patient and sorry if I'm rambling, just trying to get everything off here, but, um, Oh, look, Judd, uh, Judd law, law <laughs> Judd, Judd's like, ah, I can't do this. Yeah. Can't, can't yeah, do it. No, no he's but, in the press um, box where uh, I think internet is a little spotty in there. So keep, keep going, Jonathan. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that's that's pretty much basically it. Like, I'm going to be patient. Oh, my last point was I'm still very up on the play calling here. Just seeing how much they're using play action, just seeing the up-tempo, the audibling, like, we haven't seen that the last four years. That's good. Like, I think that's amazing. So, I don't know. I'm still I'm still positive on what's going on. Awesome. Jonathan, thanks for coming in, dude. We'll get you on again sometime here on Vikings Vent Line. I want to uh, just pick up. On the defensive side, I'm going to mm-hmm. keep it 30,000 foot here again because I, I agree there are some red flags defensively early. The first half against the Eagles getting gashed on the ground, uh, the fourth down defense oftentimes today. But again, within context, and I saw someone in the comment section made a great point, and I should have pulled it up on the screen, that we all think back to like the 2017 Vikings defense where they were allowing you know the fewest points per game in the NFL. It was like two touches a game or that's not normal. It would be great if the Vikings could do that on a regular basis. And now my internet is is going in the dumps. Um, the average team in the NFL gives up 23 points per game. 23, 24 points per game. So that's normal. Giving up 24 points in a football game is normal. Would you like to give up less? Yes, you would. But I think we need to, we need to normalize allowing a team to score some points against the Vikings and still finding a way to win it. Not every game is going to be 31 to 9 where oh my god the defense held a team to single digits and the offense got up early and leaned and, and stayed aggressive like that game might happen once or twice per season. So again, the average team in the NFL gives up 23 to 24 points per game defensively. That's that's today's NFL. This is how it works. All right, we got Judd back here. Yeah. Hello. Okay. We can keep it moving, too, on Ventline. Who do we got uh, next on Vikings Ventline? Let's go to David. David, what's up, man? Yo, boys, thanks for getting me on. Hey, so I'm going to go with an early 
purple positivity today. I'm sorry, guys. I know you want me to go crazy and scream, but it was it was a disgusting game for the most part. But here's the positives. Uh, where were the penalties? These guys, you know what? The, the, this team has not had a lot of penalties. They've been playing clean. That's an upgrade. Um, mm-hmm. The clock management, a win. Uh, I think that's going in, in a good way. The screen game in the first two games was non-existent. Today's screen game was awesome, to be honest with you. They did they did a real good job with that. Didn't give up points before the half. And the up-tempo is a big, big win. Guys, I'd love to scream about this game. It was it was I had an upset stomach the whole time. But there's my early version of purple positivity for you, okay? Nice. I love it. Nice. Yes, I love it. Yep, I think the the screen game should be great for this team. And it, sometimes it feels like they're just an awful screen team. It yeah, felt like, like why you got Delvin Cook, Madison, you got, you got these guys who can, you got Thielen on a bubble screen. Like, why aren't they better? It felt like the screen game was reintroduced in this game to get Kirk in rhythm. Um, it felt like and before the that, yeah. yes, it felt like before that he was really struggling and scuffling. And it was sort of an extension of, of Monday's game, which was weird because it's a new Detroit home game where Kirk ordinarily comes out and thrives, but he wasn't. And this is where I give o- O'Connell credit. I think it's the play caller. He he knows or has a thought of, okay, when things aren't going well for Kirk, just to continue to call the same plays for Kirk doesn't make a lot of sense. How can I get Kirk back mentally? Because that's a huge part of Kirk. And it felt like he found ways just to get Kirk back. And it doesn't mean Kirk played great, but I felt like he settled down. And when yes, Kirk's the not, because to, to what we've talked about, the quiet mind, like when this game started, he did not have a quiet mind. And it felt like they got there by doing different things. The other thing that I think you'll notice here, and they showed it a couple times on the TV broadcast, that never happened really ever in the Mike Zimmer era, was a drive takes place. Maybe it ends in some three-and-out fashion or whatever. And then Kevin O'Connell is right there to have a face-to-face conversation with Cousins. Sometimes it's spirited. There is one player, he was not happy with something that Kirk did, or Kirk moved off a read or something, and O'Connell came. We didn't yell at him or anything, but... He was animated and, no, you know, I needed to do this. And that's the type of in-game coaching that could help maybe preserve more offense in the third or fourth quarter because, hey, this thing happened. Let's make sure next time we see this, what, you know, or what did you see? I mean, how many times was Mike Zimmer ever walking over to Kirk Cousins on the silence? Because he's about to go call defensive plays. Right. And even if he wasn't, he didn't care. He wasn't right. going to go over there and right. have a conversation mid-game. So to have yes. the head coach having that conversation with the quarterback yeah. does matter and – I don't know if it like had a tangible difference in today's game, but I'll, I'll bet you it did. If I had to bet money, I'll bet you it did. Oh, yeah. Uh, it definitely helps. Let's keep it moving here. Vikings vent line on Purple Daily and Score North. How's it going, ben, what's up, man? How are you? Can you hey, Ben. Hear me? Yep. Yeah, we got you, man. All right. Well, I got a couple of notes here, and uh, most of them have been talked about already. Um, but I will start off by saying a win is a win, and that was – you know, not the most pretty win that I've ever seen, but it's a win. And I'm glad we finally got Thielen and Dalvin involved. Um, that was nice. Uh, building off what you guys were talking about earlier with Dalvin and how, you know, it's okay if he doesn't play next week. Generally, I do agree. Uh, but then Declan threw out the little nugget of he'll be wearing a brace. And may I remind you guys, last year in the shoulder brace game by Dalvin Cook, he rushed for 205 yards and two touchdowns against the Steelers. So you never really know there. Um <clears throat> A couple other things I got here, um, building off of what Sam said earlier, we really need to get some energy. Um, and I know last week, you know, when we were down big going in halftime, I kind of felt like the game was already over. And that was a, a real through line with Zimmer. You know, we had a couple of standout games here, that 2019 game where we came back 
when we were down big versus the Broncos. I was actually at that one. That was crazy. But um, this was a real testament, I think, to Kevin O'Connell and um, and Kirk Cousins even a little bit rallying the team. And so I just wanted to applaud that. I know, um, <clears throat> you know, us as Vikings fans, we love to, you know, talk about how much we we need to win a game or whatever. But I just got this shirt here that says optimistic since 1961. And I'm going to keep it optimistic. <laughs> Love it, dude. Great right, call from Ben. Great oh, yeah. stuff. Who's next, Declan? Yeah, let's keep it moving. Let's go to uh, let's go to Brandon. Brandon, what's up, man? You're on Vikings Event Line. So, guys, first I want to say I love the show. I, I watch Thanks, all the, I'm watching the YouTube clips and on the app all the time. I love the show. I love all the content. Thank you, man. Uh, okay. So this is also weird for me because I'm I'm from Detroit, born and raised, but I grew up a Vikings fan because of my grandfather, because he was a big fan of Dennis Green. The fact that because he was a black coach, and that's why. So then we drafted yeah. Randy Moss, and I've been a fan ever since. So I've been through a lot of heartbreaks with this team and seen a lot of different things. Since the first game of the season, I have not been impressed about anything about this team. The offense seems the same. It doesn't seem any different than we have seen since when Mike Zimmer was the head coach. Some of the problems that I, I have, I'm having with this team is the creativity with trying to get people involved. When I see the Lions getting St. Brown open, why can't we do the same thing with, with Justin Jefferson? I just seen, um, what's his name, uh, for, for the Raiders? Uh, Devontae Adams? Yeah, Devontae Adams. The Raiders are doing all type of things to get this guy got a ball. Why can't we do the same thing? And then Kirk Cousins. I don't understand why it seems like he doesn't have the ability to make adjustments at the line of scrimmage. When it when we see that the whole the whole team is getting ready to blitz in, why is he not making adjustments to make the routes quicker or anything? It just seems like they're sticking with whatever the play call is and whatever happens, happens. And my last yeah. point, defensively, I'm actually impressed by the defense. If people don't really realize in three games, in the second half of the games, we only allow with 17 points. That's phenomenal. So, yeah, we want to eliminate some of the bigger mistakes in the first half. But overall, I'm impressed with the defense. Of course, it can improve, but that's going to be improved with more younger players and more fast and athletic players as we get down the line. But that's all. Great stuff, Brandon. And I think that what a savvy move by you back sometime in like the late 90s, early 2000s, moving off the Lions and on to the Vikings. <laughs> Not that the Vikings have been a smooth ride for 20 years, but great, great uh, selling of one stock and buying of another. Yeah, yes. it sure beats the Lions. Mm-hmm. That's true. All, All right, let's, uh, let's keep it moving here. Vikings vent line. Clayton is up next. Mackie, Judd, Declan, how you doing? What's Good, up, buddy. dude? I'm out here in uh, Litchfield. Okay, first of all, Game wasn't pretty on both sides of the ball. Um, there were good and bad points. Um, there were times where the offense was just trying to get it going. They were scoring some points. They were down 14 nothing pretty early. Um, then they scored 14 unanswered of their own. So they were trying to get it going. Uh, defense needed to step it up at points. They went down again 10 by 10 after halftime. Um, and then late in that fourth quarter, defense started making their stops. They made two huge stops late in the fourth quarter. Um, 
I don't think we win that game with Mike Zimmer as head coach still, first of all, because um, I think just uh, it would have been the play calling would have been too conservative. Um, you know, on that last drive, for example, um, I was saying, don't think field goal here, think touchdown. Uh, you know, limited amount of time left. They can drive down the field. Um, they get in the Lions territory. They don't play, hey, let's just go for the tie here and maybe send this thing into overtime. Um, they scored the touchdown with 45 seconds left. I thought that was uh, really good. Um, Kirk Cousins, you know, I think he's a physically tough quarterback. I call myself not a hater, but more of an ab- apologist, so to speak. Uh, okay. He's a physically tough quarterback. Uh, mentally, he's kind of a mess. Um, but I, w- I will give him some props. He called a timeout today. Um, and somebody else <laughs> earlier in the show brought that up. I, uh, yeah, I was delighted to see that. He called the timeout. Uh, he was obviously. And then he, then he turned to the TV and... camera after he did it and said. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, he needed everybody to know that he called that too. Um, but yeah, I know a lot of the stuff we talked about is pretty much already covered. Um, but you know. There's a couple other things. I think Mackie brought up the 2017 team at one point. Uh, they started out two and two. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously it's going to take some time to really for these guys to get going. I think, you know, October, November, I think we'll really see what kind of team they're going to be. Are they going to go to the playoffs? Uh, are they going to have bigger goals than that? You know, it, it's going to take some time. I would say Vikings fans trust the process. Just uh, give it time, um, you know, watch the games, get frustrated. I, I was frustrated at a lot of points watching this game today, but they pulled it out with 45 seconds left. And, you know, one more thing, Josh Metellus, uh, I thought he stepped up in a big way today. He didn't play defensively bad on that last drive. He was huge. You know, on third down, he dropped that sure game ceiling interception, but next play, he just, he caught a free ball and, it, it took one play for him to redeem himself. So I thought that was uh, really nice to see. Uh, we got guys that can definitely step up when they when they need to. Yeah, Clayton, I like the optimism from Clayton down in Litchfield. Great stuff, man. Uh, let's keep keep her moving here on Vikings Vent Line. Yeah, AJ, is it? It's your birthday. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, twenty eight. Turning twenty eight today. Happy birthday, man! Oh, oh, man. Happy yeah, birthday, thanks. dude. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they almost they almost pulled that one away, but I'm glad they got us to win. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change up the energy. You know, I I think I'm actually really positive with what I've seen. Um, I think there's some things that we need to change. Like I see people are kind of complaining about the pass rush, but honestly, you guys got to remember that Packers both their starting tackles were out. These last two lines that they've gone against in the Eagles and Detroit have good tackles, so um, I'm not as concerned about that. I'd like to see Donatel blitz a little bit more. Um, I saw like some guys were coming free, like Eric Hendricks, when he did um, today, and I thought that was working. Um, but I did want to highlight some of the things that I think have just kind of changed um, from the Mike Zimmer era. Number one, I think JJ going off in that first game has definitely shifted defensive strategies against us. Where like before, I think everybody was coming in to stop Dalvin Cook and then let the cards fall where they be, but now people are just like, yeah, what 18 did to the Packers, that's not happening to us. So I just think KOC just needs to lean into more of his depth at the weapons that we have, because we have good ones. I mean, if you count 
you know, all the uh, illegal contact penalties against Thielen today. He probably has like 100 yards if you pack all that up just because he's getting open. That guy clearly couldn't guard him. Um, and then also on some of the things that I think have improved, like the late two-minute like handling and game-time decisions, like it hasn't really been talked about, but like if KLC doesn't manage his timeouts and call him before the two-minute warning um, at the end of this game, like he his decision-making gave us a chance at the end to even uh, let KJ call game. Um, so I'm kind of positive. He's, I think I'd like to see more young players get in, like Asamoah, Lewisine, uh, Booth when he's help, healthy, because I, you know, I'm a little scared about the Dolphins and running the track meet. Like, you know, I hate to say it, but Pat P and Harry the Hitman, I think they're going to have long days uh, when we play them. But um, I think all this stuff is like fixable. Um, so I'm a little more positive. Like a game like today where we go down 10 points twice um, in the Zimmer era, I think that's a guaranteed loss and they pulled it out today. But I did, I did have one gripe, and I, I, I want to advocate for this on my birthday. We need another cabinet position because this makes no sense to me. I'm going to advocate that we add to the cabinet executive vice president of game day operations at U.S. Bank Stadium. Because <laughs> it is a windy, it's a great day, fall day in Minnesota today, but it's 20 mile an hour wind. And whoever decided to leave those damn doors open, I, I don't know what the hell is going on, but like, you know, the history of this team and kicking, like it's the big doors. It's only one entrance, so it creates a wind tunnel and Greg Joseph's missed both of those field goals. And I think he would have nailed the same exact way. And then the Lions kicker misses it again. So I'm advocating for the hashtag close the damn doors during game because we can't we can't have that happen anymore. Was that a thing, Jed? You're in the stadium. Was the and they made mention on the broadcast it was too open, that yeah yeah I, I have no idea if it impacted it, but it's a great point. I love it. I, it was super windy today, like in in the Twin was Cities. I, I'm, I'm close to I'm close to the stadium and just like box, stepping so. on the balcony and stepping outside to grab coffee. It was extremely windy today. All right, <laughs> like maybe it may. Man, Greg Joseph, poor guy. We're sitting here like, well, where's the consistency? He's like, there's a 60-mile-an-hour wind gust right after I kick that ball. Close the doors, you idiots. <laughs> oh, my God, man. Unacceptable. What the hell? AJ, great stuff. Bringing some positivity here. And uh, we'll get you on again sometime. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to AJ. All right, Declan, who is going to round it out here on Vikings Vent Line today? Yeah, let's go to Curtis. Curtis, we'll, we'll wrap with you, buddy. What's up, man? Hey guys, how's it going? What's up, Curtis? So this is my first time here on Ventline. Uh, I've been listening since the offseason started this past year. Um, nice. A little late joining today, so I missed a lot of what the guys talked about. Um, one thing I do have to say, a big highlight of my day, is getting Judd on the talk at halftime. I know that wasn't happening in the past, so oh, first I love year that. Talk. Judd yeah. is, uh, yeah, if, yeah. For those of you who aren't aware, Judd is doing uh, weekly halftime Ventline sessions just him venting about whatever happened. I take questions too. on TikTok, score north TikTok. Yeah, yeah. Take I was questions. there for the wild game, so it was great during the Vikings. Nice. Um, but uh, what I have to say is, during the game, I guess some of my notes would be. Uh, I know you guys probably touched on it already, but we gotta find Jefferson and get him the ball more. Um, I was very upset for most of the day, I would say, but it was a good turnaround. We came back. Um, and I would say that at least, like, unlike the Eagles game, when the Lions gave us a shot, we kind of took advantage of it some. And I am thrilled we won no matter how sloppy the game seemed to be most yeah. of the time. So I I do say that there's still – there's a lot of a learning curve still. 
and I think that's a big part of it, and it's a work in progress, and I, I'm still optimistic about the Vikings this year, but I know after that Eagles game, it was a little rough to come back and try to make it happen today. So, Yep. No, it's uh, Curtis, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate you finding our show. And, uh, thanks, man. And, and finding Judd on TikTok. Yeah, kids love me. Spewing his takes. I'm big with the youth. Yeah. Oh, man, I, I was looking at the scores here. I told you guys that there would be a tie in the NFL this week, and I singled yeah. out the Texans and Bears game as the game most likely. And, boy, that thing was 20-20 to 20 in the final seconds of regulation. Mm. Oh. I uh, thought that thing was headed for a tie. Hmm. What? That, that's, that, 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 oh, that I thought you were tie. reacting to something there. No. I thought, uh, I thought maybe something big happened in the goat versus goat game in which the Packers <laughs> currently lead 14-3. to three. They literally had two goats on the field before the game. Like actual goats wearing Rodgers and Brady. Jerseys. Who's catching passes for the Packers? No one's left. Well, why didn't Cole? Be- why wouldn't the Packers sign Cole Beasley? Yeah, yeah. I don't understand good, that one. Good question. They, the Packers could use Cole Beasley, and now the the the, the Bucks have him. Anyhow, uh, that's a wrap on Vikings Vent Line here today, presented by Surly and TCL Minnesota Lotto. But. Um, we got more coming tomorrow. Purple Daily is a daily, 365-day-a-year show, and Ventline is sort of our, uh, our flagship show during the season if you're new to all this. Click subscribe on the Purple Daily YouTube channel if you could. And uh, if you haven't already, too, giving us a five-star rating and a positive review on the Purple Daily podcast feed is very helpful to us in spreading the word about this show. So, all right, Judd, uh, you're turning the lights off in that press box at the stadium here. Oh, it's still packed. People working very hard. Just hacking away on they're their hacking keyboards, away, hacking the, neg- the negative media. Yeah, they're finding things to stir controversy <laughs> with. It's just very disturbing. I can't be around it. Negative energy. Apparently, KOC dropped a couple F-bombs in his yeah. post-game address to the, not to the media, but like to the fans, or I mean to the, the, to the team. Players. Right? Oh, okay. I hope he did, yeah. yeah. I so got to see that, man. Mixing an F-bomb or two. I want to see some F, connect with the team by dropping some F-bombs, baby. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. MF. F. Just go for it, KOC. Yeah. All right. That's a wrap. Vikings Ventline. Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. Thank you all. Hi, this is Daniel Rue from the Real GM Radio Podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start to the Major League Baseball season, plus live betting, esports, and scores. And it's the best spot for all of your scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action at BetOnline, where the game starts. How long does it take to tackle a home project? With Angie, you could cross it off your list before this ad is over. Just tell us what you need, indoor or outdoor, repair or redesign, and we handle the rest, sending a top pro to get it done. You don't have to lift a finger, except to tap the screen or click the mouse. Plus, Angie is free to use. So bring us your next home project, and we'll bring it home. Download the app or go to Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com to get started. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. 
Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. So you're in the garage working on your car, and you need the valves you bought last week. You look in the cabinets and on the shelves, but the parts are never in the right place. eBay Motors has the car parts you need. Over 122 million of them, all in one place, and all at the right prices. Find parts for everything from your classic coupe to your brand new truck at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC.